Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. And my man Patrick, in rare form today, because uh, he's knocking it out of the park if you ask my man Hard. She's been pleased with every song choice of Smooth Soul Monday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's basically because uh, Hard's got that voice for the uh, the midnight DJ. Show you right. <laughs> and this is basically Hard's like, hey, man, I'd play this whole damn playlist. For the show. <laughs> my man did his job. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> my man Patrick always doing a great job. You can hit him up via Twitter at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Hardball Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. You can also hit, hit us up via uh, the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Uh, okay, let's get into this Texas-Baylor uh, matchup once again. Uh, Texas pulling out the win, an impressive win for Texas over the Baylor Bears. And uh, the way this played out, and we'll hear from Sark because uh, Sark had his Monday press conference. You heard it live right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, we'll also talk about bowl projections and, yes, the rumors about the transfer portal. If we don't get to that, we'll just uh, postpone it and we'll get into it in Rod's rant of the day and just continue our uh, look behind the burnt orange curtain. But what I love most about this game, guys, is because we texted early in the game, Harge, and I wasn't feeling good. Right, right. Because uh, it seemed like Sark had lost a little bit of his way. Now, Texas, it wasn't playing, they weren't playing terribly. I mean, they were still in a position to win the game, obviously, uh, midway through the game at the uh, halfway point. But at halftime, my biggest concern was that B. John Robinson had only seven rushes mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and of course, still had a lot, a lot of time left in the game. But to me, that was more of an indictment on the game plan and the game planner. And Texas was still moving the ball, and they were still scoring points. But the late great DKR always had a great saying that you know when you throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Now, of course, more than three things can happen, and but most of them, to his credit, most of them are bad. And for Texas, to me, that quote really summed up that game early on for Texas. It was the, the late great D and maybe it was the late great the ghost of the late great D Kara <laughs> came down and whispered into Sark's ear. Hollow hey, down. uh it's Bijan's last game here at D Kara and by the way, he only got seven carries at halftime. You might want to might want to change yeah. the game plan a little bit. Yeah. Uh because uh after the the last kind of disastrous play Texas had as a result of, of, of calling a pass play, which was the fumble strip sack return for a touchdown by the Baylor Bears. Texas, to Hart's to, to credit, he ran the ball 24 <laughs> times. They ran 24 plays. All of them were run plays after that 14 of those to Bijan. Uh, those 14 rushes accounted for, I think, 99 of his 176 yards. It took him a little longer than I would have liked, but he definitely learned the lesson. Just put some Bijan on it. And if you put Bijan on it in gratuitous uh, amounts and copious amounts, Good things will happen to your offense. Yeah, and and you know I think that was with what twenty seven twenty four. It that was, was that, that's yes, when it, they were twenty seven twenty four. Right, beginning of the fourth quarter, it was yeah. twenty seven twenty four, and that's when Texas basically abandoned the pass. They took it out in the backyard and shot it and buried it. Yeah, and they, n- they never heard from the pass game again. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful because Bijan up the middle for nine. Bijan up the middle for seven. Bijan. <laughs> Rush up the oh. middle for four. Bijan for 12. Bijan for four. Bijan for two. Bijan for eight. <laughs> Bijan to the left for 23. Bijan up the middle for one. Right? Bijan up the middle for two. It, and then they got that, a delay of the game penalty. And then they got it again. Bijan, another one yard run. 
and then boom. It sounds like touchdown. the Cupid shuffle. Bijan exactly. to the left. <laughs> Bijan to the right. Yeah. Bijan to the middle. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's where it should be. Yep. I mean, I'm glad. He called 11. How about this? They ran 11 straight times yes. at one point. Yeah. 11 straight times. Yes. Yeah. I, I lo- and and you know then what? they got the ball back, and then they get. They said, you know what, Rojo? I'm going to let you show out now, too. Then they ran, his six, exactly. they ran his six straight times exactly. on the second drive in the fourth quarter. Exactly. They essentially, you're talking about 17 straight rush plays in the fourth quarter to close, not to close out the game, to go, to go win the game. To win Because it. you were behind. Yes. And so in the fourth quarter, I'll give Sark a ton of credit. Like I said, the, it, 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 it shouldn't have taken him that long to figure out especially after the Kansas game. And uh, to Patrick's point, it was the last game for Bijan and Rojo at DKR, mm-hmm. or at least a lot of us believe that to be the case, uh, for him to say this is the identity of the offense and we need to uh, be a ground-based running team. And I think that might have just – that being almost a microcosm of the season, you know, that mentality, Harge, probably cost him. One or two games this year. Uh, it might have cost you a chance to play in the Big 12 title. I would I would right? agree with you. I would yeah. agree with you on that. And those are some of the things that as the season's gone on and, you know, we all take the look back to what's going mm-hmm. on after, I think that's where Sark is as well. He's sitting there saying, okay, I just had probably the one of the greatest running backs in our school's history in the backfield. Everybody across the nation knew that as we go – we go with him. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I want to put it in a freshman's hands and let him throw the ball in some of those games where didn't need to. Didn't need to. We all understand that mm. there's going to be times with the one-on-ones that you got to take those shots. Yep. We get that. Mm. But if one of those shots isn't to your running back, who's probably one of the best players in the nation, who should be the Dunk Walker Award winner, who should make his way to New York, you missed the opportunity. You missed it, and you missed it big. And I know you brought it up earlier. You thought of the TCU game. I did. But I was still thinking about the Oklahoma State game when you had a lead. You had a huge lead. Sir. And you could have learned to run the ball. And what that does is it eliminates the clock. The clock is in your favor. We just talked about uh, Baylor had it for 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Texas had it for 11 and 54 in the fourth quarter. And that was the difference in the ball game. Yeah, Texas had nine minutes of first half possession. Right. That was it. Uh, and it's and, and to Sark's credit, um, he says it often. It's one of his Sarkisms. He wants complimentary football, complimentary football, complimentary football. He at first wasn't playing complimentary football, right? Right, <laughs> because he was exposing or overexposing his defense. First three quarters, Cowboy. Uh, sorry, the Cowboys. The long. I feel like I'm talking about the Cowboys a lot of times. Oh, wow. The Longhorns uh, had 23 rushes for 77 yards, um, and essentially they were the defense. In in my opinion, they were being left uh, out there, exposed, being on the field too long. A lot of that's mm-hmm. on them. They got to get off the field. But the 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 game plan for Baylor really resembled that Joey McGuire model where they wanted to go for it on fourth downs and mm-hmm. stay on the field and keep drives alive. I believe they were 4-5 on fourth downs. And even early on uh, in the game, they were 4-8 on third downs in the first half. So Texas just lost its way uh, to start this game. I mean, they started the game terribly. Anyway. Right, right. It was, it was a bad start to the <laughs> yeah, game, which also is uncharacteristic of a Sark team. Usually right. Sark teams have good starts. They had a bad start, which, by the way, growth. 
I would agree. Usually the team is oh, they're almost over dependent uh, on their good start to 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 lead them the rest of the way, so that they can kind of hang on the rest of the way to win the game. No, no, no. Bad mm-hmm. start. Had to go find a way to get back into the game after falling down. I believe it was nine nine nothing. Came back into the game um, and then ended up in a bit of a street fight to the fourth quarter. And then Texas decided, you know what? If it's a street fight. We gonna we gonna let our we gonna let the big uglies the big humans we gonna put it. them out front if, it, if it's a street fight then go let them win let's lead the way with the guy the big uglies and that's what they did well it goes back to your point of of what you said too about learning on the job he was sitting there realizing that we have to mature as a football team and that's a credit to this team too because there were times before where we were like this this is not good they're not gonna be able to rally back from it. Not at all this year. There was not a game that I didn't think that this team fought oh, yeah. the entire time. No doubt. And that 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 to me is is a huge growth moment as well. Because you could easily you never saw turmoil on the sideline. You never saw guys not engaged into the game at all. That was a huge thing that we saw previously. And even last year, because remember at the beginning of the year, Sark was talking about the fact, yeah, man, we got a clean house. There was 38 new players mm-hmm. on this team. 38. Think about that. And trying to get everybody to buy in, that's why he said he respected Rojo so much because he made those people that came in buy in. And if you didn't buy in, you had to go. Yeah. And that's big. No, That I'm was big. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you can tell that it was a culture win. Uh, number one, because of the how they had to win the game. They had to close it out in the fourth quarter. Um, and the way they did it by imposing their will, running the football, winning the lines of scrimmage against one of the most talented lines of scrimmage mm-hmm. teams in the Big 12 in Baylor. But also I like the fact that Sark, something he's been criticized for, I've been very hev- heavily critical mm-hmm. of Sark in this mm-hmm. department, his lack of in-game adjustments and him being able to win the chess match in the game. He did it. Now, it may seem some people, well, yeah, he did it. It was simple. Just give it to Bijan. Yeah, but he still did it. Because yeah. I think when you look at Quinn Ewer's game, he was 12 or 16. For 194 yards passing, shout out to my man Hard. You've been saying they should run Quinn Ewers a little bit more, not a lot, just a couple, just a little bit. Get him a little taste. Exactly what they did, and they got a rushing touchdown out of it. And nobody thought he would keep it. They broke Tennessee first time he had kept it uh, on that uh, quarterback keeper's own read all year long. Uh, But he was 12 of 16, 194 yards passing. Mm -hmm. He was five of eight for 111 yards, I believe, in uh, the in the first quarter. First, so he wasn't terrible early on, but he did have crucial. Mistakes. Untimely yeah. mistakes. Yeah. He had the intentional grounding that ended up being a safety. He and, it, and all this stuff is not his fault, by the way. No. Nope. There were there were four sacks, I believe, in the first half. Quinn Ewers had only been sacked four times the entire season. <laughs> and some of those sacks were on him. All right. Holding the ball, get rid of the ball. Holding yeah. the ball a little too long. Um and he had the strip sack fumble, of course, that was on him that ended up resulting in an actual touchdown for Baylor. And then they threw the ball. To Jay Witt, beautiful throw uh, on an over route, and then Jay Witt fumbles, which is rare for him too. So it was, to me, it was the microcosm of the, the late great D. Kara's quote that when you throw the ball, three things can happen and two of them are bad. When they threw the ball, bad things kept happening. Yep. Like, so it, it, it wasn't yep. that Quinn Ewers was having a bad game. He wasn't having a bad game, a no. terrible game. He had some untimely mistakes, but he's a freshman. We expect those part of the growing pains. But you kept working harder, not smarter. Right. It's like if you can run the be ball, be efficient, man. Yeah, you can run. Yeah. Why are we working? Why are we putting ourselves in be a efficient. position to w- with unnecessary risk if we don't have to? Yeah, I right? agree. 
and you're giving Baylor a chance to make plays when you drop back and pass, when you could have just been running the rock the entire time. And I think he came to that conclusion, like I said, later rather than sooner, but you got to give him credit for coming to that conclusion. And then basically Texas flipped the script, the entire script, against them in the second half. Yeah. I sit here, and to your point, you know, he, he ended up getting sacked five times. And there were some times he could get rid of the ball, get out of the pocket, throw it into the stands, live to play another mm-hmm. down. You don't always have to look to make that big play all the time. I know you try to extend it. That's what quarterbacks do. They think, I can make a play. That is important to me. No, sometimes just live for the next play where you're not putting yourself in those bad situations. So I think that is going to be something during this offseason that Quinn yours is going to have to work on too, knowing then feeling that pressure of, of understanding that get rid of this ball, huddle back up, let's get ourselves together, let's get ourselves composed and move on. Now you're not going to be able to give it to B. John Robinson 25 times a game. That, you know, it, that's done. Yeah. But you're going to have to learn how to, as you said at the very beginning, complementary football. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to complement each other because don't make this all about him. Make it more about the team as far as don't try to showcase Quinn. Like you said, everybody got enamored with that arm. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved it. It was just, oof, here we go. Look at this thing. But what we forgot to look at was how that ball was coming out of his hand. The, the setup, was he working on his footwork? He admitted he got lazy this year, and that's yeah. a big step for him too. That's maturing as well. So now we got to see, all right, we're going to have a good offensive line that's coming back. I would think that they're, obviously they're going to be better. Mm-hmm. I would hope that they've, they've learned from this experience. Oh, yeah. be they're going to be better. And now you're going to have a quarterback in year number two, plus you're going to get pushed a little bit because you're gonna, he said he's opening up the competition. There's a lot to unravel with this Texas football team. Yeah, and I think the adversity, him having adversity this season, yeah, is going to help him in, in, life. in progress a lot yeah. just because it's like he didn't have adversity in high school. He mm. set out his senior year. He didn't play at Ohio State. So he has never been on the a losing quarterback in his yeah. life. Yeah. It's true. And now you have that adversity. And so for me, that when he – took those those sacks and the, the things that where you should have thrown it away. I There's at least part of me that's like, look, you should be further along in your progress, but I'm happy you're not throwing into double-triple coverage right? because five right. weeks ago you would have. That ball would have been out, but you would have thrown into double coverage, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it could have been a pick. Yep. Yep. So you steps. not doing that was you trying to make progressions and find an open guy. Now the next step is, okay, no, when you have to bail out on a play. Yeah. And, you know – Th- that's coming, but there was progress. It was. So you're like, look, I think he made more progress in the last four weeks of the season than he's done in two years. Correct. That's a great point because yep, I think yep, I yep. think a lot of the issues in the game versus Baylor were almost panic moments. Yeah. Like the, it, he panicked in the intentional mm-hmm. ground. And just found your check down and throw it at the feet of the check yeah. down. Yep. Um, you know what I mean? In the, the strip, you know, sack, obviously, you got to hold on to the football and some of the sacks too. So I think those are, yeah, you get, you get more experience, you get more reps in that situation that you know, all right, don't panic. Sometimes it's better just go down. Little fight another day. Right. We can punt. Yeah. We can make a play. It's better than giving up a touchdown or you know having a turnover or something like that. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I 100% agree. And I think Sark has made the offense more user friendly. 
for a young quarterback. I think the degree of difficulty with this offense, I think he has now taken that, decreased that uh, down to a certain extent. Now it's easier for him. It's more compatible with a young, inexperienced skill set. Trust me, one day, that that once-in-a-generation arm that we keep talking about, Quinn Ewers, you're going to see it unleashed in a a fully, you know, a a fully realized Sark offense. It's going to happen. It's just not there right now. All right, life and football are a constant struggle, deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. All right, so adjust accordingly. And I think Sark, he, we know what he wants to be, but in this game, he figured out, and at Kansas game too, what he needs to be in order to win games. Right. And my only criticism of the Texas uh, coaches and the squad this year is, I think they figured out their identity too late. Coaches mostly, not the players. They figured out the identity too late. You you should have known that the best running back room in the country and with an inexperienced quarterback like Quinn Ewers, that you were going to be a team that ran the football. That was going to be your identity. If you had figured that out sooner versus Tech, Tech or versus Oklahoma yeah, State, yeah. you'd probably win those games. Yeah. Um, your identity your identity on defense, we know now. Oh, the rush defense. It's the, it's the most consistent part of this Texas defense. It, it came to play every game. You had one game where you could say they lapsed in the rush defense, and that was versus right. TCU. And that was more the damn breaking because the offense provides you no moral support or, <laughs> you're right, you. or points at all. Well, if you got any type of support from the offense, hell, man, I think they probably held they probably held Kendra Miller under 100 yards too. But Yeah, because they wouldn't have been on the field so long. They wouldn't have been on the field yep, so long. Yep, so yep. to me, that's where this, this Texas coaches could have won one or two more games, got you the double digits potentially, or at least got you in the Big 12 title game. They realized their identities on both sides of the ball. Too late. Okay, moving forward. So let's put this out there right now. Moving forward, playing for a Big 12 championship, as long as you're in this conference, as long as you're left in this conference, you have to play for a Big 12 championship next year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Oh, you talking for Sark? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, because first of all, you got to win more than eight games. Right. Right. You win eight games next year, we all agree that's going to be considered a disappointment. Uh, yeah, fair. You got to win more Absolutely. than eight. You yep. probably got to go to nine. Most people probably be expecting ten wins next year. Oh, for sure. Right, but, but let's go with reality because of what we've seen. Then go I, nine, I, nine and three in a big in, I, in a I, Big Twelve title. I believe they have to be playing for a Big Twelve championship next year. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this season and you can say Texas was outplayed in one game this season, and that was still pretty close in the TCU game. Mm-hmm. Every other yeah, game, yeah. Texas outplayed the other team and just made wrong, made bad decisions. Right, they were the better yeah. team. And most, even the Alabama game, they outplayed them for most of that game. They did. And so you can say, so if you look at it that way, and you go, well, we don't think Oklahoma's going to have an amazing rebound next year with all the best talent. There's not talent the in the Big Twelve. The transfer portal, too. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah. Then I don't know that you can say, hey, man, look, look at what you were able to do this year. The talent that you have, the talent you bring in, and another year of development. Which you've actually started to develop these players, yes. Which hasn't been done in a while in the Forty Acres. This team needs to take that next step. And if you're a ten win team, you're playing for a Big Ten championship. Big yeah. Twelve, yeah. Big Twelve. Sorry, yeah. 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 But yeah, if you're a ten win team, oh, and that's what you can be. No question. A ten win team. No, I'm with you on that. I, I I totally agree. I think I think hard. You're right. I think Lohan fans now uh, adjusting the expectation. Matter of fact, next second we'll get into it in Rob okay. today. Uh, what eight and four means, right? Yep. And we'll hear from Sark too, talking about disappointments and um, now looking back in retrospect at the season. And we'll get into that on the other side. And also, we'll talk about the transfer portal rumors. Uh, Sark actually asked about. He was asked about that, so we'll play that sound as yep. well. Coming back, and we'll uh, look ahead to bowl projections. Some of those are out there too. So we'll continue uh, staying behind the. Burn Orange Curtain and talking Texas football on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. I'm as mad as hell 
and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, well, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to uh, Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time for Rod's rant of the day. Uh, we were just talking. We'll hear from uh, Coach Steve Sarkeesian from his Monday press conference. We'll hear from him talking about the transfer portal a little bit, also talking about NIL, uh, but also talking about the, the disappointments. And I think that's where we're all at now. It's hard not to look back on the season. Of course, you look back at the great development, the strides that were made, this team, the culture is changing. Uh, like I said, the development at every level, every position, almost every phase, uh, you can point to positive progress. But I, as a as a player myself, as a lifetime Longhorn, it is hard. I'll, I'll say it's hard to call Aiden for a success. I'll admit that. That's tough. Some of you probably out there already doing it. Good for you. But as a player, I couldn't do that because I played on teams where we won 11 games and that was considered a disappointment and a failure. And I, and I, I listen, that's cool. I, I carry that with me. I carry the fact that in 2002, we won 11 games. Failure. Sorry. You lost to Texas Tech when you had a chance to play for the BC in the BCS title. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Fail. Yeah, you beat Alabama. You beat uh, Nick Saban and LSU in the. Uh, the Cotton Bowl that year to end the season, it was great. We put an Old Testament-style butt-whipping on them. But considering the expectations Correct. and the, ato- the type of talent we had, we had championship-level talent. That's probably only two or three teams in the country that had more talent than we did. We were loaded with talent. Fail. Yeah, we saw we saw Sorry. Ohio State fans that are used to having a good program. They're freaking out. Yeah, they're like, they exactly. want to fire their coach. Yep. Were they losing one game a year? Exactly. Because you but it's Michigan. Exactly. So, yep. so you know what? Get rid of the coach. Two games. Well, he lost two games in two years. Yep. Fire him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But that's what a program that wins a lot. Ask Mac Brown. Mac Brown's winning ten games. Like you can't be Stoops, man. We might need to go. Yeah. Like that's so. So I'm listen. I think it's about expectations. Number one. But don't let your expectations change my standard. Don't let your expectations change the standard. The standard is the standard. Right. Now, 8-4, that's different. That's all good. I'm happy for them. Don't let your expectations change the standard because the pride and the winning tradition of the Texas Longhorns will not be entrusted to the weak nor the timid. So don't be a weak and timid fan. All right? This is, you can say this, is, this team is really good. They showed a lot of progress. We are happy and proud of them. All right? And you can still say that and in the same mind say, not a success. No. Nope. Because as Harsh mentioned earlier, unless Texas is playing for a championship of some kind, eh, can't say We had a successful season probably in 2001. We played for the Big 12 title, played Colorado. We lost, but at least we were playing for a championship. Yep, for sure. Playing for title. And that's what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about. That's what you come to this school for. So I, I, I was signed I, I, to play baseball because they go to the College World Series and they win Southwest Conference championships at the time. Exactly. Texas yeah. baseball. Don't exactly. Ain't no dogpiling no, until we win. Until we win to they, the championship. The whole damn thing. Exactly. So, listen, I, I, listen, I, I know where we are as a program. I get it. And I am not trying to belittle and demean what these young men did Absolutely out there. Absolutely not. They, I, am, I am so proud. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm proud. I'm I'm extremely proud of this group. The turnaround from last year because I I know what it was. It was I know the the beating that their morale took all offseason. They had to look. They had to look at the Twitter and look at everybody mocking them. I understand it. Trust me, I've, I've been there before, and I I understand the work they put in. And these guys all got better. All right. Mm-hmm. So I think we should give them a ton of credit. Give the coaches a ton of credit. Hey, BMDs. 
Big money donors and boosters. I'm giving y'all credit. I've been hanging out with y'all. Y'all are focused. <laughs> y'all are focused. All right. Hey, y'all. Hey, hard. You know they focused. Yeah, they, they are, are ready. They are driven. What? They are driven. The the one fun. They yeah. are ready to roll. They yeah. are they are on it, man. Trust yep. me. So they are focused. So I'm giving a lot of credit to everybody around CDC. They're doing a great job. Bo Davis did a great job. The lines of scrimmage last yep. year. That was yep. one of the worst D lines we've ever seen. Now you're one of the best D lines in all of college football. So one give them the most credit. improved. Yeah. So I ain't taking credit away. I'm giving. Tons of credit for sure, but don't let your expectations change the standard of that great football program. The standard is the standard; mm-hmm. it stays that way. We still show love. We still show them how much we care, how proud we are of them. Yep, there's work to be done. They did a great job this year, and and it's still work to be done. Right, still got another game, but don't drop, don't drop that standard. Don't do it. Not with, not around me. So you can call it what you want. <laughs> Don't do it around me. Like I said, I played on eleven win teams, and we walked away saying, "Damn, man, we failed. We we right. we failed those fans. We failed the best fans in all of college football. We failed the best boosters and donors in all of college football. They gave us everything we needed, and we failed because we lost yep. one, two games. That's it. That's the standard, though." Remember, I told That's you. That's why you come to Texas for that standard. I was mad at Mac because he kept saying, "Well, we're going to win ten games," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Sorry, I need I, you're supposed to win championships. Mac knew that. Mac yeah. was telling you all that. Trust me. Yeah. In, 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 in the Mac locker room, us, that's not what he was saying. That that locker room. <laughs> nah, Mac already knew. He already knew them ten wins. That was yeah. some hollow ten win seasons, right? Because they weren't for championships. Correct. Correct. Got to be playing for titles, baby. That's what it's about. Correct. That's what it's about. So this team, great. But let's keep the standard. The standard. Just throw it out there. Okay. With that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian about disappointments really quickly. Can we hear this uh, sound from Steve Sarkeesian talking about disappointment? Because I think one of the disappointing things is that, you know, now looking back on it, man, this team was in, this team was in every game, and you win one of those, and you change your, 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 your pathway to the Big 12 title. Here's. Um, you know, naturally for me, um, I'd probably say two areas where I want us to really improve upon that I, I know we can be better is obviously the passing game, you know, and there's a lot of layers to the passing game. You know, Saturday I thought there were some things there and Quinn was throwing a good. We didn't protect very good. There's been other games we've protected great and we haven't thrown the ball very good. There's been other games we've done those two things. We haven't caught the ball very good. So inevitably the passing game, um, like the running game, it takes all 11 and it takes precision and execution. That's an area where I know we're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time on and, and cleaning that up. I think third down conversions play a part to that. You know, We were not nearly as good on third down this year as we've been historically, uh, systematically, and it definitely compared to last year. So. To extend drives, to stay on the field, we need to be better on third down. Um, and then ultimately on on defense, as good as we play, we play really good. And I'm so proud of these guys from the the, the leaps and bounds they've made. You know, just statistically, when you look at last year's stats to this year's stats, how far they've come. I think we can look back at games and say, man, just don't cut that guy loose on that one route, and that's 50 more yards that maybe we would get back in, in a touchdown that kind of has reared its ugly head a little bit. So, again, just that communication in the back end. So uh, those are all high-level things. I mean, we haven't drilled down hard enough into all the particulars on a lot of these things, but just some high-level things that come to mind. The beauty of that, uh, you know, that piece of audio is that we all as fans who've watched this team this season, we can see those moments in those 
you know, four losses and go, damn, man, mm-hmm. that moment right there. Yep. It had been different. That lapse, you know, that that missed tackle or, you know, the misdiagnosed play or the miscommunication on the back end, the busted coverage, whatever it is, like that would have made a difference in the game. That is growth and progress. Right. Because last year, it was too many plays. Oh, my goodness. We, we, we had to speak on a macro. We had to speak in, in, in <laughs> about vague, yep. uh, you know, kind of vague concepts because we couldn't get specific. There were too many isolated incidents of ineptitude and lapses in focus. Not this year. Very few. We're being nitpicky. Right. I'm like being nitpicky to get after this defense. I love it. Okay, let's say about. But that's the beautiful thing about yeah. it, though. It that is. is the beautiful that's the, thing that's about the development. it. That's the development that we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. Because we can find those those glimpses of success and say, this kid got better. This kid improved. This this group, this unit improved. And that's what we've been waiting for because what's been the biggest knock? Nobody gets developed at Texas. Well, they do now. Now, now they saw it. Now they're they like, do. ooh, the writing's mm-hmm. on the wall. A guy who also uh, was being developed, too, and I thought on a pretty good trajectory, Xavier Worthy. There are reports and rumors uh, that Xavier Worthy may be uh, looking at uh, greener pastures, potentially. Uh, straight cash, homie, by greener pastures, I mean. Um, there is a report from Hook'em Headlines that he took off Texas, all the Texas signage off of his uh, Instagram mm-hmm. account, um, and it may be it may be for something that has nothing to do with the transfer report at all. But people are now um, asking questions about why he would remove all the other uh, Texas signage off of his Instagram account. Here is Sark. Sark was asked about Xavier Worthy and whether he was happy and whether Xavier Worthy uh, felt like this year um, was a year that you know. That, that he thought that he actually improved his continuity and chemistry with his teammates and, and with the quarterback. And here's kind of what Sark had to say about X-Men. Well, I think the one thing about Xavier is this. He's a highly competitive young man. And from the moment he arrived, from the arrived on our campus, he, um, he came to work. And he came to work to earn an opportunity to play. He came to work to become a starter. He came to work to be the best receiver he could be, um, whether that was in our conference in the country. So I think the guy's got a, a high sense of competitiveness and drive to be the best. Um, and he works that way every day. And so sometimes when you don't get the actual result of it, that can become a sense of frustration. I would much rather have a receiver that's frustrated that he didn't contribute more to a win than a guy who's content of going on the field and playing and the ball not coming his way because I think he values his ability to get open. I do too. (laughs) I get it, you know. So, again, addressing the passing game is going to be a critical component to what we do. But I'd be hard to argue, find a guy in his first two years of college football at the Power 5 level who's got 21 touchdown catches in two years. So he's been off to a pretty good start, but I think his best days are ahead of him. Well, Sark and I at least agree on that. I've been saying I think X-Men is the best receiver in the Big 12. Numbers, obviously, this year don't reflect that, and neither does his production or his play because I think he has lost a little bit of focus. And I'm going to be critical of Brendan Marion, a guy who I you know, advocated come here to Texas and is a huge, I'm a huge fan of Brendan Marion. Not too many of them who ain't uh, the Marion family are bigger friend, uh, fans of Brendan Marion than me, but the wide receiver room has not necessarily gotten better. I'll admit that. I yeah, mean, you ain't found your third wide receiver and X-Man, your best wide receiver from last year, regressed. And that was one of the things, too, when everybody kept talking about this third wide receiver. I'm like, he told us this was the deepest room that we that he's had in years yeah, at the wide it. receiver position. And if we were just banking on Isaiah Nayor to be that guy, we were failing anyway. It's true. Yeah. You should have been able to get somebody developed within that group. Whatever happened to Troy O'Meary, maybe he's not healthy. Casey Kane. 
Never saw him out. for a while. Yeah. Then we had uh, Savion Brand came in, and yeah. he he did, he lost some opportunities. Mm. Brendan Thompson. I mean, we had, yeah, we there were guys there, but what was missing? Unfortunately, mm. we don't get a chance to go to practice, so we don't get to see that on that day to day. But where was that? Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't know what happened to the wide receiver room. I thought they would all excel under Brennan Marion's uh, uh, coaching, and that hasn't been really been the case. But Jay Witt has gotten much better. I don't know if he's gotten better so much. He's he's now been durable and healthy the entire season, and probably getting what we uh, what we expected from a guy like Jay Witt. But I'll say this about X Man because the reports are that with the new transfer portal rules that you can transfer without penalty and of course name image and likeness and them being inexplicably linked essentially that uh there is nothing you know right now substantive about uh, reported about x-men but through the grapevine there's a lot of people saying that essentially he wants market value yep. what he believes his market value may be that's what he yeah, wants. Yeah. and i don't know what his market value is but i think that's determined by Who's willing to offer the most? I was going to say, that's (laughs) that's how you determine your market value. And I think that's why, and I don't know if he's going to actually go into the transfer portal or whatever, but if he does, and that's what he's trying to get, he's trying to get market value. Even if he ends up coming back to Texas, he would like Texas to essentially up the price tag, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. NIL money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the new world we live in, though. That Well, I was just going to say, that is what we're seeing across the nation. And Sark says he's not going to do that, by the way. Sark says he's not going to do that. Sark says he's not going to operate in that manner. Um, And I believe now that Sark and the coaches do have a direct um, communication, uh, at least line, with the the collectives. Yep. Right? Because of the uh, the new rules about the NCAA as it relates to name, image, and likeness. So they can talk to these collectives who are now endorsing these young men and say, no, nah, man, we don't. No, he don't. It, don't give him more money. Right. I don't know. We're not giving. We're not working. We're not working like that. We're not gonna. We can't be uh, in that be, business. We're not man. gonna be re-upping players right. every year. They're not. They are, <laughs> these aren't contracts for us to re-up with them every year. That that is that <laughs> is the part right yeah. there. It's like you you said it perfectly though. What is the market value for yourself? And again, if you got it once, you can't keep coming back and asking for it again. Well, if you have better, what, but that's what kids are doing, right? That's what Jordan Addison did. Jordan Addison was at Pitt. He's like, nah, man, y'all can't pay me market value. I'm going to USC where they can't. And we just had Chris Hummer on. He said another young man. So yep. everybody's going to do that. Yeah. That's just, it's going to, honestly, well, I don't know why Jalen Ford ain't doing it. Jalen Ford should definitely get paid more money. Don't we agree? Oh, for sure. So if Jalen Ford should go to Texas and go, guys, I, I think I'm the Big 12 defensive player of the year. I think I should be compensated accordingly. And what are they going to say? No, you already got yours? Yeah. Well, I got mine as a guy who wasn't playing at an all Big 12 defensive player of the year level. Now, That's I want to be up. Now we come exactly. That's negotiable. That's what I'm but this, the other one, it's a new you, world. You, but you, you were already in. I get it. Because if I world. was on the other side, that's exactly now, how X-Man, it would be going. You can out. say X Man. You, you had three less touchdowns. You had you're averaging three it's less arbitration. yards per catch. You're going to yeah, arbitration. Yeah, you're averaging 300 <laughs> yards yesterday. Yeah. You know what? No, you had a down year, so we should be taking back some of your way. So no, you're not. And that's up. when he's gonna go. Well, my roommate wasn't throwing me the ball in the right spot. No, that's when he's gonna go. Well, yeah. Lincoln Riley says I'm worth this yeah. much. So oh, that's peace. Definitely I see where he's gonna. That's say. what I'm saying. Like you ain't yeah. got this. Is the game. I saw the piece this already. This is the game now, gentlemen. Uh, if y'all don't like the game, don't play. But don't hate the player. Don't hate these young men. Don't yeah. hate them. Hate the game. This is the game. Yeah. Your NCAA wants to ignore it. This is what they want. This it's is happening. It. This is free market. Yeah. So you can't get mad at them for saying I had a good year. I want to get paid for it. Wouldn't yes, you? You got to start H- signing Harge, these kids. Harge. I just told you. I would have been in there already. <laughs> I know you would You did it anyway. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you probably went to Texas with uh, how much y'all give me for yeah, baseball scholarship. Yeah. Oh, that's it? Uh, oh, I'm going to take that second In the wind. <laughs> in the wind. Put it in 
winner to win, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a strange world, strange time that we're in, man. But uh, there you go. That's the latest on X Men. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we got off the record on the side. Apparently, somebody tried to release some dirt on Jerry Jones. Did y'all hear this story? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk about that on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night in the horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. I just want to thank my man Patch for doing a great job. I mean, that, in, that conversation about the transfer portal and how it's linked with NIL is really interesting stuff, man. It's crazy. I, we want to get somebody else on to help us break it down a little bit more, too. Um, but something tells me that in the upcoming uh, weeks, sorry, yeah, maybe even days, um, everybody's going to be affected by transfer portal. It giveth and it taketh away. Yeah. You, and I think for Texas. Just pay attention on the fifth. Exactly. exactly. Just pay attention on Texas the fifth. Texas is going to be in a position to win. When it comes to name and likeness, win more than they lose in name and likeness and in the transfer portal. But every now and then they're gonna lose. Yeah. Every now and then they're just gonna lose a guy. I mean, it's just the way. Hudson Carr's Hudson Carr's gonna be gone too. Oh yeah. Hudson Carr ain't sticking oh, around. Oh man. And, and, it, and for, that's your, a, for that open quarterback competition, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, uh, it ain't over for me. Yeah, exactly. It's like that Magic Johnson. The writer's been on the wall for me for a while when you ain't even put me in the game right? at the end of the game. It's like that Magic Johnson gift. He's like. Not, not, not gonna be here. <laughs> not gonna be here. <laughs> not gonna be here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it just, yeah, I mean, we're gonna see a lot of that coming up, so we'll be keeping you guys abreast of what's going on there. Okay, how about this? So the Washington Post unearthed a, fo- a photo, a 14, a photo of a 14 year old Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. And apparently he is standing among a group of protesters at North Little Rock High School, blocking the path. Of six black students. Now he's in the background. He does yeah, not, not look not like one front. of the main agitators no, he here. He I'm almost looks like somebody who's just like, "Hey, what, let me see what's going on over here." You know, he's more of a just a just a uh, onlooker. Uh, but he was there at, with this group, and of course, uh, now that some people are trying to call out Jerry Jones for his 14-year-old decisions, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think we do all too much around here. I mean, people, we don't give people credit for. Uh, changing, and we don't give them credit for evolving. We don't give them credit for we. We basically have decided to rid our our society of redemption for some reason. Um, so I mean, even if Jerry Jones was there uh, for the wrong reasons and was just an onlooker, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Jerry Jones is a changed man these days. Uh, if he was indeed there for some sinister reason, which nobody knows because you don't know what the hell fourteen year old Jerry Jones was thinking. He might have been. Looking at some some chicks there or something. You don't know. He, he talking about, I was just <laughs> curious. Is that what he said? Mm, yeah. I yeah. was just curious. See, they did an interview with him, and they, they asked him about his time there. And, you know, Jerry being Jerry didn't really answer the question. He says, I don't know that I or anybody anticipated or had a background of knowing what was involved. It was more a curious thing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. 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 I will say this, though, because... It's um have you ever um you ever seen a movie called Best of Enemies? No. Oh man. It's actually pre- it's a, I saw it's, Mississippi Burning though. <laughs> 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 uh well, I, I, okay, I would recommend uh Best of Enemies. It uh actually has I forgot who plays in the movie. Okay, here I just put it. Sam Rockwell and Taraji P. Henson. Ooh. It's based on a true story. The true story is about uh, a, Ku, a Ku Klux Klan leader, C.P. Ellis, and a civil rights activist, Ann Atwater. Essentially, uh, the Cliff Notes version of it was he was a, you know, a leader in the Klan for a long time. 
um, and he started working with this this group, uh, and they want they made like an inter like an interracial uh, kind of a town hall committee, if you will, mm-hmm. because they were trying to have some progressive change in the town. He was basically put there to put the kibosh on everything, and he was going to sabotage everything. But he ended up becoming really good friends with this woman, this black woman, even as a member of the Ku Klux Klan, yep, and yep. he quit the Klan. He quit the Klan and became a civil rights activist. Nice. One of the wildest stories in the history of civil rights. He was a Klan leader who made really good friends. Is this is based on a true story? True story. Okay. True story. You go look it up right now. It's based I'm on the book. Yeah. The book is called The Best of Enemies, Race and Redemption in, this, in the New South. G- great story. Well, it's, it's obviously sad and troubling at the beginning. Right. But then he, he changed his life. And, and he has to deal with a ton of hardship because he, in North, I think it was like either North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas, he basically disowned all of his friends. They were all clan members. Right. So when he became a super, he had to disown all his and his family. He was basically like the the white Clayton Bixby. <laughs> like he, you know what I mean? He was uh, a yeah, he was a right. clan, right. a former yeah. clan member yeah. that became a super rights activist. And then yeah. everybody was like, "Dude, what what are you doing?" So he had no friends. He had no family. His only family became the civil rights people that he was mm-hmm. working with, and they took him on his wing. And, and the rest is history. He's still one of the great uh, civil rights like heroes and stories in the civil rights movement. It's a great story. But my whole point is redemption. Oh, I'm all for redemption. I'm not saying that we don't wander down the wrong path. It happens. But we got to still leave the door open for redemption. And my point is, if Jerry Jones was a 14-year-old, you know, whatever, uh, redemption. Mm. It's there. It's there for all of us. I like Even it. clan leaders. Mm, I see. All right. I see. I'm going to have to look up the best of enemies. I'm going to check that a, out. It's not a bad story. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to uh, the Cowboys. In fact, speaking of Cowboys, we'll talk Cowboys and them beating the uh, the Giants on Thanksgiving. We'll also talk Texans, NFL, Week 12 review, uh, all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.